Amen. Let us turn to the Bible. We turn to the Holy Scriptures, to God's own precious Word. And our Bible reading is taken from the Old Testament, the book of Joshua, and the chapter 20. The book of Joshua and the chapter 20. Going to commence reading at the very first verse of the chapter. Joshua 20, the verse 1, and let us hear God's word together. The Lord also spake unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint out for you cities of refuge, whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he that doth flee unto one of those cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city, and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city unto them, and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of blood pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into his hand, because he smote his neighbor unwittingly, and hated him not before time. And he shall dwell in that city until he stand before the congregation for judgment, and until the death of the high priest that shall be in those days, then shall the slayer return and come unto his own city and unto his own house, unto the city from whence he fled. And they appointed Kadesh in Galilee in Mount Naphtali, and Shechem in Mount Ephraim, and Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron in the mountain of Judah, and on the other side, Jordan, by Jericho eastward, they assign Bezer in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Rumen, and Ramoth in Gilead out of the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Bashan out of the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger that sojourneth among them that whosoever killeth any person at unawares might flee thither and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. Amen. We'll end the reading there at the end of the chapter. May the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. Turning together in God's precious word, that chapter of scripture that we have read together, Joshua and the chapter 20. Joshua chapter 20. If you have the passage open, you can look to the verse 2. And in verse 2, it says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint out for you 
cities of refuge, whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses. And we have here cities of refuge. And the title of my message this morning is Christ our refuge. Christ our refuge. Let us just unite together in a brief word of prayer and ask the Lord for help as we come to the ministry of his word. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, we do thank thee for thine own precious and infallible truth, for all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And as we would come to consider thy word together, we pray that over and above the voice of man, that this word would be applied to the hearts of each one that would hear, and help us, our Father, to hear with that understanding heart, and that thou wouldst enlighten our souls today. If there be any who are outside of the Saviour, speak most especially to them, and add on to the church such as should be saved. We ask these things in the Saviour's great name. Amen. The passage before us this morning concerns one who is guilty of manslaughter. And so it's not one guilty of premeditated murder because the penalty for that was death. But this is a situation where a life has been lost. But when you look at verse 3, you'll see that it describes the circumstances. It says that the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly. And so it's that situation where a life has been lost, but it wasn't the intention to take that life. It was unawares. It was done ignorantly. It was done unwittingly, perhaps by an accident, perhaps by carelessness, perhaps by negligence, but it was not cold-blooded murder. And so the passage would make that distinction. There's a difference between deliberate murder and involuntary manslaughter. If you look there to the end of verse 5, you can see that it, it says as well, because he smote his neighbor unwittingly, there's that word again. And then it adds this, and hated him not before time. Hated him not before time. So there, were no, there was no history here. There was no motive for the killing. This is one who did not set out to kill but because of their actions or their lack of action, the life has been lost. There is a parallel portion over in Deuteronomy and the chapter 19, and it's speaking about the same situation, but there Moses actually gives an example. And he says, As when a man goeth into the wood with his neighbor to hew wood, and so there's two men and they're going into the wood and they're going to cut down a tree. And it says, And his hand fetcheth a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree, and the head slippeth from the health and lighteth upon his neighbor that he die. 
And so there's an example, there's an illustration given. They're going to the wood to cut down a tree, and as one is cutting down the tree, the head slips off the shaft and it hits the other one probably on the head, and it's a fatal blow. It kills him. A life has been lost. And that verse 5 of Deuteronomy 19 says, He shall flee unto one of those cities and live. And so one in that situation had a city appointed that they could flee to, and it was to act as a sanctuary. It was to be a place of safety where the one who had, uh, was a, a manslayer could go and they could find that shelter until their case had been presented properly, until their case had been heard before the congregation. There are several occasions in the Word of God when these particular places are referred to. As far back as Exodus and the chapter 21, and again, it's the writings of Moses. Those writings have been referred to in our Bible reading in Joshua 20. But in Exodus chapter 21, in the verse 12, it says, He that smiteth a man so that he die shall surely be put to death. And if a man lie not in wait, but God deliver him into his hand, then I will appoint thee a place whither he shall flee. But if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with guile, thou shalt take him from mine altar that he may die. And so again, that distinction is made between premeditated murder, lying in wait to kill someone, and that which is involuntary manslaughter. It says, then I will appoint thee a place whither he shall flee. And so that particular place was set up, and you can see there uh, the wisdom in that, even when it dates back to Exodus 21. And then also in the book of Numbers, the chapter 35, you would have a similar instance, a similar reference, and there it would refer to cities, that that place appointed would actually be a city, and Numbers tells us it would be six cities. It's not until you come to uh, Deuteronomy 19 that we learn again that three of those cities would be on one side of the Jordan and three of those cities would be on the other side of the Jordan. But the cities are not named in Deuteronomy 19. It's not until you come through to our Bible reading in Joshua chapter 20 that we know that those six cities are to be appointed and those six cities are actually named in the passage. And the provision of those cities of refuge, it shows here a wonderful evangelical picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. For those cities actually speak to us of the Savior. If you were following even in the hymns that we were singing, they were speaking to us about a refuge. And we have that refuge in the gospel. That refuge is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are encouraged to flee to him. And so there are certain parallels here that we can see between the cities and the Savior. 
And I want us to just draw that out a little bit together. Firstly, think about the names of these cities. And they're named there in our Bible reading in verse 7 and also in verse 8. Three cities in each of those verses. And here you can see they're clearly identified. Verse 7 says, and they appointed. And the word appointed there, if you have a reference in your margin, it's the word sanctified. And that word sanctified there means to set apart. And so there are six cities that are to be appointed, they're to be sanctified, they're to be set apart for a particular purpose. The first of them there mentioned in verse 7 is the city of Kadesh. That name Kadesh, it means holiness, holiness. And the Savior is described as the holy child. And he's described as the holy one, the holy one of Israel. And in Hebrews 7 and the verse 26, the Savior is described as holy, harmless, and undefiled. And whenever you think of this first city and you think of the meaning of that name, holiness, right away it is pointing us to the Savior. It's a name there that is deeply suggestive to us. It's a refuge of holiness. If you look on into verse 7, you'll see the second of those cities named, and it's the city Shechem. Shechem. That name Shechem, it means shoulder. And the shoulder in the Bible always speaks about strength. And you think again of how that speaks to us about the Savior. Whenever Isaiah was prophesying of the Savior who would come into the world, He said, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. He went on to say, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, the shoulder of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 15, that loving shepherd is described to us going out after the lost sheep. And when he finds the lost sheep, it says that he lifted it and he put it upon his shoulder. And of course, that loving shepherd is a picture of the Savior, our loving Savior. And he came after us when we were lost and we were deep down in sin and he lifted us up. He has put us upon his shoulder, as it were. And he will carry us safely home. The Savior is the one who bears his people up upon his shoulder. You look again to that verse 7 of our Bible reading and you will see the third city mentioned there. That's the city of Hebron. And Hebron means fellowship, fellowship. And when the soul flees to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation and for refuge, we're entering into fellowship with him. I read this week 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and the verse 9, and it says, God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son. 
Do you ever think that's what our salvation, that's what our calling is? We're called on to the fellowship of God's dear Son. And there with this name Hebron, we're thinking of fellowship with the Lord. We're being drawn to consider the Savior. But look into verse 8. And you're coming to those cities that are on the other side of Jordan. And the first one that's mentioned there that they assigned is the city of Bezer. And that name Bezer means stronghold. Just as we would think of a refuge. A stronghold, it's a place of safety. It's a place of shelter. The game were brought to think of the Lord in Proverbs 18 and the verse 10. It says, the name of the Lord is a stronghold. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. The Lord Jesus Christ is that stronghold. He's that refuge for our souls. Verse 8 will name the fifth city appointed, Ramoth. Ramoth. That's a word that means high. It's a word that means exalted. Again, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the high and lofty one. We can say of the Lord, he is the most high. In Acts 2 and the verses 32 and 33, it says, This Jesus hath God raised up. And he has raised him up on high. The verse goes on to say, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted. That's where the Lord Jesus Christ is today. He's at the right hand of God exalted. He's the one who is on high. That final city of refuge, the sixth city, named there towards the end of verse 8, it's Golan. The city of Golan. Some commentators would say it's a reference to separation. Others would say it has the meaning of joy. And the Lord Jesus Christ would fulfill both meanings because he's the one who is holy, harmless, and undefiled, separate, separate from sinners. And of course, when we come to close in with Christ, there's joy. There's joy and peace in believing. Do you see through the names of these cities that it's pointing us to the Savior? It's giving us a wonderful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ right here in the Old Testament. Christ Jesus is that city of refuge for the guilty soul. And the one today who realizes their sin and realizes that their sin is consequences and the penalty of sin is death. Oh, we can flee. And we can flee to the Lord Jesus Christ and we can find that refuge in him. The names of these cities. But secondly, I want you to think about the nature of these cities. The nature of these cities remind us of Christ with We've mentioned it already there, the manslayer, the one who's guilty of manslaughter. And he did it unawares, he did it ignorantly, he did it unwittingly. He didn't do it with any motive or intention. 
didn't set out to kill, but his actions or lack of them have caused death. And the avenger of blood is pursuing him. The avenger of blood is coming after him. His own life here is in peril. He's in danger of being overtaken and being slain himself. And therefore he must flee. And if he will get to one of these cities, there's a sanctuary, there's a refuge, there's a place where he could know deliverance. And so by the very nature of these cities, it brings us to consider the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the one who's fleeing to that city, I can see an awakened sinner there being pictured. One who has become conscious of their guilt and their sin before Almighty God. They know that the consequences of sin will bring down the very wrath of God upon their heads. And they know that the longer they go on, the more that wrath is catching up with them. And it could fall at any moment upon their head. And that guilty soul, they need to flee. And with urgency, they need to get to the place of refuge. Oh, if you thought about the manslayer, if he was to delay, there was danger, there was death in delay. And therefore he must flee with urgency. He must go quickly. He must get into that city. And so it is with that soul that's under conviction of sin. Do not delay. There's danger and death in delay. We urge you to flee immediately and to flee to the Lord Jesus Christ and to find that salvation, that deliverance, find that salvation in him alone. I believe in the New Testament that those cities are at least alluded to on a number of occasions. For example, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 3, and in the verse 9, he's speaking about the Savior and he said, And be found in him, be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. But over and over again, the apostle will use that language about being in Christ and being found in Christ as if we have entered into Christ. Just as the manslayer had to enter into the city, so by faith we enter in to the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore I ask you today, have you entered in? Have you found that safety? Have you found that refuge for your soul? The Lord Jesus Christ said in John 10, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. We can be found today in the Lord Jesus Christ. But of course, over in Hebrews chapter 6, the apostle again, I believe, makes reference to those cities of refuge. And there's a definite connection here in the gospel 
As the apostle in Hebrews 6 and verse 18, he's describing the believer, the one that has come to faith in Christ. And he says that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. Then listen to these words. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. And as Paul pictures that one that has come to repent of their sin and to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, he shows that they have come uh, with urgency to the Savior. And he describes them as having fled for refuge. Just like the manslayer would be fleeing to get to one of those cities, so we have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. And that refuge, that hope set before us in the gospel is Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ who died upon the tree, who shed his precious blood to bring hope to the sinner. And thank God we can flee to him today. Can you look to that time in your life when you came as a sinner to the Savior? By faith you embraced him. You fled for refuge. And you laid hold by faith upon the hope that was set before you. That was the day. That was the hour. That was the moment of your salvation. And so the names of these cities point us to Christ. The nature of these cities, they point us to Christ. But thirdly, the nearness of those cities, they point us to Christ. These cities were to be appointed. These cities were to be chosen at strategic locations. And the reason they were to be appointed at strategic locations was to make them easily accessible. And if you were to look at a Bible map and you were actually to pinpoint the six of these cities, three on the east of Jordan, three on the west of Jordan, you would find that they were spread out in a particular fashion that wherever you were, one of these cities would not be far away. They were laid out in such proximity that you could reach one of those cities very quickly. And so if you found yourself in that situation and you realized your position, you realized your guilt, and you would have to flee, my, these cities were not far away. The nearness of those cities. We referred already in the message to Deuteronomy 19, and it's a parallel passage, but the verse 3 of that chapter, and Moses points out, Thou shalt prepare thee a way and divide the coasts of thy land which the Lord thy God giveth thee to inherit into three parts. Every slayer may flee thither. And so in the appointing of those cities, it actually says that thou shalt prepare thee a way. They were instructed that when these cities were appointed, that the road, the way to that city, it must be prepared. 
That meant that every obstacle was to be taken out of the way. That way was to be open. That way was to be free. There was to be easy access to the city of refuge. That preparation, commentators would tell us, also involved putting signposts to the city of refuge and maintaining the way to that city of refuge. And so what it meant was that the guilty were guided to the refuge. My, what a picture there is there. In the nearness of those cities, it speaks to us of the nearness of the Lord in the gospel, and surely the way has been prepared. And we would have to say through the substitutionary and sacrificial work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the way is now open and the way is free. And through the gospel we learn of the nearness of the Lord. Paul was writing to the Romans, he said in chapter 10 and verse 8, the word is nigh thee, it's near to you. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And so it's there. The way is close by, and the way is open, and the nearness there of the refuge is pointed out to us in the gospel. It's the Lord Jesus. And by the power of his spirit, he can draw near to hearts and you know the nearness of the Lord. Maybe at times you have experienced conviction and you know the Lord has been striving with you and you know the Lord is near. And Isaiah says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. The Lord near to your heart today. The Lord speaking to your heart. You can flee to him. May the Lord is presented to us in the gospel as just being that step away. That we can take that step of faith. We can come and we can accept him as he is freely offered to us in the gospel. And we can know that refuge and that safety for our souls. What a sad thing it would be that you could sit in a meeting and hear the gospel and you could know the Lord striving with you today and you know the Lord is near. But oh, even to know the nearness of the Lord and to go on in your sin and to perish in your sin. There was a man in the Bible and his name was Abner. And David said of Abner that he died as a fool death. To die as a fool. What was it that made David say that about Abner, that he died as a fool? Well, Abner found himself in this position of being a manslayer. He killed the brother of Joab. And he did it all, be it reluctantly. But Joab sought to avenge the blood of his brother, and Joab sought after Abner. And in 2 Samuel chapter 3 and the verse 27, it says, And when Abner was returned to Hebron, 
Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly and smote him there under the fifth rib that he died for the blood of Asahel, his brother. Verse 32, And they buried Abner in Hebron, and the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner, and all the people wept. And the king lamented over Abner and said, Died Abner as a fool dieth. Why did he die as a fool? Well, it tells us that when Joab caught up with him, he was at the gate of Hebron. And if you have been listening to the message, Hebron was one of the six cities of refuge. And Abner has made it to the gate. And so he's there right outside the gate of that city. And if he takes a step into the city, he's safe and Joab can't touch him. But Joab very subtly, very craftily, Joab got him right at the gate and took him aside. And there Abner, very naively, very foolishly, he comes aside with Joab, but he doesn't realize he has a knife. And there, perhaps from out of his cloak, the knife will go in and it goes into the fifth rib. And Abner will die just right at the very gate of a place of refuge. Do you see why he died as a fool? I would say to you today, don't be a fool. If you're not saved, do you hear the gospel and you hear that the Lord Jesus Christ is the refuge for souls and he is so near, he is so close, you have just to take that step and you have to accept him as your Lord and Savior. But oh, if you reject him, You're deceived by the devil. You could die as a fool and die unconverted and go to that place called hell where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Oh, learn today from the cities of refuge and learn today that Christ is our refuge. May the Lord bless his word to each of our hearts. Let's unite together in a word of prayer. And Just after I pray at this point in our service, if you're not remaining with us around the Lord's table, then you feel free to leave us. After we pray, I will go down to the door, and those not staying around the table uh, feel free to leave at that point. Our Heavenly Father and our gracious God, We do thank and praise thee for the scriptures of truth, uh, the scriptures that are able to make us wise unto salvation. We pray that each one today would know that godly wisdom and would know what it is to number their days, to apply their hearts unto that wisdom and to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour and to know him as that refuge for their souls Bless each one, our Father, those that will take their leave from us, others that will tarry around thy table. Keep us ever looking to our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We ask these things in his great name. Amen.